Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom. Welcome back to another episode. And we are going over... October's takeaways. Man, I just feel like I did September's takeaways. So this is something that's still new. I started it in September or after September. And every month I'm going to do an episode where I just kind of share with you more about my personal life and my own journey through things. But things that I think are going to be relative takeaways that you could apply to you. So it's not just going to be health and fitness, but I am going to put the health and fitness stuff at the like talk about that first and then transition into other things so you can kind of like take what you want to hear and and like I said I think it would just it's just a fun way for you to get to know me more and then also I personally I don't know about you but I learn a lot when other people share their stories of their journey through what they're going through and so Yeah, so that is what we are talking about. So before we get started, I'm just going to kind of run through the list of what I have of topics that I am going to talk and share about with you today, starting, like I said, with the health and fitness stuff, and then it's going to go into some more like personal development stuff and like mom talk. So first thing I wanted to do is um, I'm going to give you a little breast implant illness update. Some um, exciting news has come out with that. And then plus, I've been getting a lot of women lately messaging me saying that they had a friend recommend the podcast or they found me um, through because they're going through breast implant illness. And I do have some some episodes about that, but I haven't talked about anything else lately. I kind of just left it alone. I wasn't sure, you know, how many women were coming to my podcast to hear about BII because that's not what the podcast is about, though it is health related, right? So I am possibly thinking about maybe doing a couple more BII uh, breast implant illness updates or episodes. So if you're somebody that is dealing with BII, and there's something, some questions you want answered, or you would like me to, you know, share with you a certain part about that journey. Please don't feel free to message me on social media or email me at jess at mamasnewstrong.com and let me know so I can make it relevant to you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about BII um, fitness update. I'm going to start sharing with you every month on my takeaways an update on my fitness, what my goals are, kind of like what I'm going through on my own fitness journey. I'm going to share with you some exciting goals that I did meet this month as far as strength goals in the gym. I'm going to talk a little bit more about my lower pain. If you listen to last month's takeaways, you um, I expressed like how I've been struggling with this lower back pain and I feel like I'm starting to finally figure this out more. Um, I'm going to talk about Also, something really exciting that I am working on as well that is going to be something that is probably going to get released. I have it in my calendar that is going to be released um, the beginning of the new year, and it's going to be my first course. So I wanted to talk about that with you guys and just kind of let you in on what I'm doing because 
if you've been following me for a while, I used to have this online membership called uh, Meal Prep Fight Club, and Fight sounded for fueling incredible gains and honoring transformations. And I had that for a couple of years, and every once in a while, I have somebody ask me about it. I'm like, I, I closed it down. I don't do it anymore. And the reason being, I'll, you know what? I'll talk a little bit about that with the course when I talk, because there's a reason why I decided I, why I picked to do what this course is about based on my experience with that membership site. So that's going to talk about the health stuff. Oh yeah. And I'm going to share with you how, um, I, um, and just, I have decided to get another certification and, and why, um, it's actually a, um, functional or corrective exercise specialist certification. So talk a little bit about that and how that ties in to what I do personal training at the gym and why I decided to, to get that certification. Then we're going to move on to more personal things. So I'm going to kind of share with you a little update on my Enneagram journey. I shared a lot about that and really shared some really dark and deep personal things about my own personality that wish. I learned about through the Enneagram and how the Enneagram has really helped me to learn myself and it's been a helpful growing tool. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm also going to talk about this personality thing that I have. Um, and I think a lot of you women that listen to my podcast struggle with this as well. I tend to attract people that are like me is this whole procrastination perfectionist kind of mentality and how that is relating to reaching goals in general, not just fitness and health and how, you know, what I have learned about myself through overcoming and, and reaching fitness goals and, um, yeah, about my procrastination, perfectionist tendencies and how, yeah, how I work through that. The next thing is I'm going to share with you something that I've been doing and it kind of ties in to that whole procrastination thing and perfectionist thing and it's called the one minute rule and I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave it at that so you're gonna have to tune in and and listen to figure out what I mean by that but it's been something that's been very helpful for me right now and the last thing I kind of wanted to share with you some mom guilt stuff that I deal with and I think that would be um, something that you can probably really relate to um and I think it's something that we need to talk more about as moms that we don't have to be perfect. And I will be the first one to raise my hand and say that I I struggle with being a mom. I've gotten better. Millie's about to be four. Kaysen's about to be six at the end of the year. And I feel like, I mean, of course, I don't feel like I figured it out, but I feel like I'm getting there. And I think a lot of it is helpful because they are transitioning. They're getting older but I, it, personally, I found the ba- like baby and, and like, to- like toddler phase like really challenging for me. Um, so I'm going to share with you some of my mom guilt and things that I still kind of struggle with on that end. So yeah, so let's go ahead and dive in. Let's just do this thing. So let's talk about the BII. The reason I, at first I wasn't going to put this on there. Um, like I said, I feel like a lot of you that listen to my podcast are not necessarily here to listen to me talk about BII until I've been getting messages this past week of women, um, some really, really nice messages and telling how me how it's helped them. And that just totally made my day because that was the whole point of that. I was really, really hoping that some women would stumble upon it. They would search for my podcast and they would find those episodes and they would find hope in it because 
I remember what it was like to feel like I might be a little crazy. Like, really, is this, it, it's, it's a total faith-based thing because there's not a test you can take to know if you have BII. You have to, the only way you'll know if that's what's causing your problems is just to get them removed. And that's such a drastic thing. It's, it's not a, it's not a small surgery by any means. I have big scars underneath my breast and, um, it, you know, they have to scrape all that tissue out from the inside and, Anyways, it, it's not something just to be taken lightly. So it really disheartens me when I see things online, how, you know, these people are think these women are, are, it's in their heads or their husbands are not believing them. And it's like, really, these women, you really think they're going to go through the extent of putting themselves under a major surgery just because like, no, like it, it, their breast implant illness is real. And what I wanted to share today about it is something exciting that I just found out this morning at, is that the FDA is actually drafting a black label warning for breast implants. And black warning labels is like the highest warning that the FDA can put on something. I mean, this is like things that are put on cigarettes and alcohol. So this is really big news because back in March, the FDA had a conference and I actually watched it live on my computer. It was a two-day thing and they talked about breast implants and there was a lot of women that were advocates for breast implant illness that were there there was even doctors and surgeons that were you know going forth and saying hey we need something done about this and within good reason because when I got my breast implants there was things that I, I wasn't told I didn't even get a pamphlet like I never got a warning pamphlet or anything about my implants I, I signed off on them to like hey I'm gonna get implants you know but and maybe there's a risk of, I don't even remember, honestly, because I didn't even get a copy of that. But, you know, there should have been a handbook with it. There should have been things, right? I never was told that my implants would have to be replaced. I thought they, I was told that they would be fine, that they're lifetime devices. That is not the case. You know, they're supposed to be replaced like every 10 years. I was not told that. I was not told about any of the risk or anything. Um, so, and who's to say if that would have swayed me differently? I was 23 when I got them and very insecure with myself. So, um, to, it's, it's sad to admit that I don't know how much of a effect that would have had on me back then because I was so sad on them. I wanted them since I was 13. So, the black warning label, it's dry. It's, I'm going to read to you guys real quick what they're saying now, but I mean, what this FDA is drafting. This isn't the official one, but this is a draft and it's, you know, warning, breast implants are not considered lifetime devices. The longer people have them, the greater the chances that they will develop complications, some of which will require more surgery. The next point says, breast implants have been associated with the development of cancer of the immune system called breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. The cancer occurs more commonly in patients with textured breast implants than smooth implants, although rates are not well-defined. Some patients have died from BIAALCL. Next point is, patients receiving breast implants have reported a variety of uh, systemic, systemic, sorry, systemic symptoms such as joint pain, muscle aches, confusion, chronic fatigue, autoimmune diseases, and others. Individual patient risk for developing these symptoms has not been well established. Some patients report complete resolution of symptoms when the implants are removed without replacement. 
guys, this is such a big win. I took a snapshot of that when I saw it on Instagram and I sent it to my husband. I was like, yes, like that is validation right there. And I love that they're going to have that because now these women are going to feel validated that they have a reason to feel that their breast implants are making them sick because it is. And that, you know, that's just a big, a big move. So if you're somebody that is dealing with BII and you haven't seen that yet, know you are validated that it, there is truth to this. It's just ta- has taken, you know, a while for this to finally be done. I think it was just a matter of time because the, the evidence is obvious. I watched that two day conference and there was even uh, surgeons and doctors like validating how this is happening. And it makes complete sense. I'm not going to, you know, talk about that. I talked about that more in like the, the episodes I did on breast when I found out about BII and what it is. So you can go back and listen to all those if you, if you want to. But um, just thought that that was something really big to share. And as far as me, just to recap, if you haven't listened to those things and you want to know how it did, sh- how life-changing it was, it was literally life-changing. I immediately felt a difference. And you can go on to my Instagram and you can see my be- before and after pictures. I took a picture in the same lighting, in the same bathroom, that morning prior to having my surgery and just hours after my surgery. And guys, the difference in my appearance is amazing. It was just, you could see all the inflammation in my body. Um, I was inflamed. I was to the point of, I think I was developing an autoimmune disorder. I had joint pain. Um, and that, that was the, the thing that took the longest. I had joints in my fingers that were swollen and that took about two months after breast in, after I got my breast implants out and that's completely gone. And that was getting worse over time. There's all these things. It was like my health was just slowly declining and I was literally feeling sick every freaking day. I had a headache. I felt like I was nauseous. I felt like I was getting um, uh, like the flu, like the body aches and like a fever was about to come on. I couldn't get in the car without every time I got in a vehicle, I was car sick. I couldn't do anything in a vehicle. I couldn't be on my phone. I couldn't read. I couldn't, couldn't turn around, even turn around to give my kids something without getting car sick. And that was getting worse. When I got my breast implants out, immediately gone. It was like insane. And I thought, oh, it's because of the anesthesia or whatever, whatever stuff I had during operation. But no, it never came back. Like, it's amazing. I can read in the car now. I don't get car sick. I haven't felt sick. I wake up and I feel good. Um, It's literally been life changing. And so it makes me really sad to know there's women that have been struggling this. Like, guys, that was just a year it was about maybe a year and a year and a half where I started noticing these things and it just started escalating. There's women that have had these implants and these issues escalating for a decade or more, which is really freaking sad. And no woman should have to be in that position and not know, you know, this is a big step in just giving women the information that they deserve. And I'm not saying that nobody, that implant shouldn't be available because if if you, um, everybody's entitled to make their own you know, for, for them to figure that out for themselves. It's just like cigarettes. Like we all know cigarettes can give you cancer and not good for you. And I 
I, I feel very strongly opposed against cigarettes, but you know, it's somebody's choice if they choose to smoke. And that's what's the great thing about being in America, right? Like we should have a, ch- a choice to choose, even if it is in the own destruction of our own bodies, or if we are willing to take that risk of it happening. Cause it's who's to say, it's just like cigarettes. Like I know people, you know, my, my great grandmother smoked till she was like 92 and she didn't die from cancer, you know? So yeah, it's it's just it's just a like a risk, you know. But you get to take that risk. And the next thing I wanted to talk about is fitness update. So I wanted to give you guys about a little update. Last month I talked about how I was thinking, or I was, you know, my goal was, hey, I'm gonna see if I can get more app definition because I haven't done that in a while. And I wanted a goal that was going to push me. And I explained to you guys also in this, I also explained this in the self-love episode that came out, like, was it last week? I think it was, um, how, what I call self-love fitness and what that is, you know, what that means to me and how I go about my fitness in a self-loving way. And just to recap a little bit about that is if I feel like whatever goal I set is not healthy for me like say to reach um to like say I wanted to do like oh I'm gonna have six pack abs just because I can't um you know if if that was my goal and that's kind of like kind of wanted to drop body fat and see if I can get more ab definition but if it means that I have to get to the point where I'm starved I feel like I'm starving myself I'm I'm not giving myself enough nutrition um I'm getting mentally not right about it. Like I'm getting obsessive about food or just, you know, when I see things are not going in a healthy way, then I'm going to drop that goal. Like it's hot, like it ain't going to be a thing anymore. And that doesn't bother me at all because I didn't, Oh, I didn't reach my goal. I, you know, I fell off track, whatever. No, like I make that decision and I stand by that decision. If something is not done in a healthy way, my health comes first, then it's not going to be a goal. And the truth of the matter is that you know, I know six pack abs are like, ooh, that's fun. That's a fun goal, right? But at the same time, realizing that us women are built to have more body fat than men, and that's natural. And for some women, six packs abs is not something that is maintainable. It's not realistically maintainable, and that's also where genetics kind of play into things too. But I was, I just want to play around with it to see if that might be me. Maybe I might be somebody that can have like more ab definition and be able to maintain that just well. But I don't know that until I go through the process. And if it's not something that works, if if it's not like I said, if I can't do it in a healthy way, then I'm not going to do it. And that is my integrity and what I stand for. And that's what I call self love fitness is, you know, choosing your health and choosing your, your well benefit in mind versus doing it to look a certain way or doing it out of self punishment. Everything I do is out of honoring my body and what it is capable of. Like I, I realize I'm not that old right now. I'm 32 and I want to be lifting for the rest of my life. Right. And, um, that's another reason why I feel really strongly about maintaining my health and not doing anything that's going to hurt or jeopardize even, um, like in the gym, like hurting myself because I want to do this for the rest of my life. I enjoy it. I love it. It's a passion of mine. Um, but just doing it in a way that is going to honor my body. Okay. That's what I was going. I was like, where am I going with this? Um, you know, I want to know what my body is capable of. I want to see and push myself to that limit 
And but doing it in a way that is honoring my capabilities and not punishing my body, if that makes any sense to you. I have this saying that stop punishing yourself into your dream body and start loving yourself into a body that you're proud of. And that's really where I mean by self-love fitness. So my goal is still to try to get more out of definition, try to drop my body fat. I'm probably, I'm probably, last time I did a body scan, I did a fit 3D body scan and I was 20, a little over 22, like somewhere in between 22, 23% body fat. And that's about where I am normally. So I'm kind of, my goal is to reach that 18%. That's where I think I'd really get some really good ab definition and then see if I can maintain like 18, 19% body fat and kind of play around with that. So that's kind of my goal right now. And this month, I don't feel like I really made much advance in that. And the reason being is I've been slacking on doing my food diary. I've been slacking on my macros. I know I can eyeball things. I can portion things out very well. But when you get to a point where I am at, because I am already fit, and I'm trying to take it to like that next level, I have to dial it in. Like if, if I was trying, if I was say like 20 or 30 pounds overweight, it's, I wouldn't necessarily have to keep a food journal or to do macros because I can make healthy food swaps. I can take out things that I know aren't healthy. I, I would have room to play around with that. But when you get so close to your goal weight or you know you're upping that fitness goal to the next level, it really, the, the closer, you have to get more dialed in. And so I realize that, that I've been slacking on that. So that's this month I'm going to tell you guys, this makes me accountable, that I'm going to keep a food diary and I'm actually going to be hitting my macros better and staying within those. And because I know it works, I've done it before. And that's what I did after Millie when I was like, in really good shape. And I did have six pack abs for a little bit when I but you know, I love Mexican food. and all. That. <laughs> but like I said, I'm trying to see if maybe that's something I can be more maintained more min, or maintained, you know, so that's kind of also the, the what I wanted to share with you guys is the accountability piece. So see how I just shared with you what I'm doing publicly? Uh, that is how I get really good accountability. I did that with both of my kids. So with Kaysen, I said, and I said this like before I even had him, like through the pregnancy, I kept saying this. And I was like, I'm going to be, just watch, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. After Kaysen's born, it's I'm going to look even better than before I got pregnant. And I did it. <laughs> you know, it's, it took months. Yes, it was a process. I'm not one of those moms that can walk out of the hospital wearing their pre-pregnancy jeans. With, with dedication and work, it still takes me three months to get back into my pre-pregnancy jeans because I gained 30 pounds with my pregnancies, even though I'm eating pretty healthy and I exercise throughout all of them. That's just normal and natural, and it is good to gain weight while you're pregnant. So keep that in mind. And so when Ma Millie was born, I made the same public announcement. I told everybody, yeah, you know, I'm going to be even, even better shape than, you know, what I did with what I did with Kaysen. And so that's just like, oh, I have to take it to the next level. So I got to the point where I had six pack abs. So it, it's like that holds me accountable when I tell people publicly, and who's to say like anybody really cares? <laughs> Nobody's going to probably be messaging me like, hey, did you did you keep up with your food diary? Did you? But for me, it's just getting into that integrity that, hey, I said I was going to do this. So it's like, well, shit, I want to do it. And I also want to prove to you guys how important 
that macro counting can be a tool in your toolbox and how well it can help, <laughs> you know. So I'm going to take you guys with me on that journey of me actually doing that this month and taking it very seriously to, to prove that. And, and by doing it with my friendly, family-friendly, macro-friendly meals, recipes that I have, you know, I eat things that people wouldn't think would work for fat loss, um, but it does because I alter it and I what I call healthy hack it into something that is well balanced and will promote those kind of goals that I want. So I'll be trying to share more of what I'm eating with you guys too on social media. So if you don't have me already, get um, add me on Instagram, Mom is the New Strong, and I'll be sharing a lot of that in my Instagram stories. Um, so yeah, so think about how you can keep yourself accountable and what works for you. A lot of us are not internally held accountable. We are better held accountable by external, um, things like people, like if somebody holds us accountable or if we know somebody's depending on us, right? It's so much easier. And you, you will know if this is you because it's so much easier to keep a promise to somebody else than it is to yourself. Then that means you are somebody that's that is does really good with external um, accountability. All right, so just kind of keep that up. That's always something to really keep in mind when you're trying to reach fitness goals. Now, the next thing I wanted to share with you is some actually some really fun goals that I reached this past month. So, I have had a goal of hitting of doing squats for reps to at two hundred and twenty five pound squats. Okay. And keep in mind, I'm only five. I'm only five feet, 120 pounds, so it's quite a bit of weight for me. And this has been a goal of mine, guys, for the past two years. I'm not joking, um, but it was really hard for me to get there. I, when I was dealing with breast implant illness and not being on my best, my immune system's taxed right for like the past year and a half. Was, I, I never was making progress. Every year, once in a while, I would like have a moment where I'd, I'd max and I would do 225. But it was, but I kept at it and I kept like, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to keep at it. Like it was always my goal, like do or die. It's going to happen eventually. And finally now after two years, it's happened. And I think a lot of it has to do with me getting the implants out of my immune system and my body is functioning so much better. So I'm just naturally stronger. And then also getting my hormones dialed in too, because I shared on my last podcast take on the September takeaways, how I do hormone replacement therapy, how my testosterone is low. And I didn't take it again. Like I stopped taking it during um, breast implant. I figured out I had BII because after explant, I wanted I didn't want to take it and seemed maybe if my body would naturally balance out those hormones, right? So, you know, I felt way better, but I started getting I was still having some fatigue, and I noticed in some in anxiety too. So I know that that was something related and something that had improved when I did do the hormone replacement therapy. So I went ahead and went back and got it and I feel way better. I feel like optimized. I feel like where I'm supposed to be, I feel like myself again. So I guess that's just something I'm probably going to have to take. And it's uh, my testosterone. My testosterone was just naturally low. So that's what I get for the hormone replacement therapy is I just, it's bringing my levels up to optimal levels for a woman of my age. And it just really helps me to function better. So anyways, I think that has to do with it too. And then just an update as far as my chest, I am almost back to what I was lifting before explant and I'm only 10 pounds away from what I was lifting before, which is really exciting. My goal has always been to bench 
135 pounds um, for for reps. And and I would every same thing with my squats. Every once in a while, I kind of get it and like have a max, and that was it. And I feel like I'm going to finally reach that goal. Oh, and just to kind of backtrack on my squats, 225. I've been doing those, like today I went in the gym, today was leg day, and I did three sets. I did four, then I did three, and then I did two. And I was like, yes, I'm finally getting there. Like that was not something that was possible a few months ago. So that's really exciting. The next thing I wanted to share with you guys is uh, my lower back pain and update on that. I talked about that in September takeaways, how I've been dealing with lower back pain for like a year and a half now, trying to figure that out. I've been going to a chiropractor, and it just... I mean, it helps when I go to a chiropractor. I do feel relief. Um, and so I need to be better at that because I'm supposed to go every month and I'll kind of let it drag out for like two months or three months until it gets really bad. And then I go. But I really want to know like the underlying cause. That's just how I am. Like if you know me, I'm into holistic health. Um, I want to know what the root cause is. I don't want to put a Band-Aid on it. So that's something I've been trying to look more into working with my chiropractor, asking him what he thinks. He says I have tight hip flexors, like he can physically feel them, and I feel bad for the guy. He's a big guy, but when I go to him, he's like sweating <laughs> towards the end of working on me because he's like, dang, like you're mu- like I'm just muscular and 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 my muscles are tight. And he said my hip flexors are really tight, so he said, you know, that is the cause probably of your lower back pain because your hip flexors connect into your lower back. And I was like, okay, why are my hip flexors tight, right? I started thinking about, I was like, I stretch. Maybe I need to stretch more. I've been doing foam rolling and talked about that in September. Takeaways, amazing. If you don't do foam rolling, you need to get on it. Um, but I was like, what's, what's going on? So I did some research, and it turns out that underactive transverse abdominal muscles can cause your hip flexors to be overactive because they're taking over what those adom- uh, those ab muscles are not doing. And so if you're not familiar with what transverse abdominis are, we all know what the rectus abdominis are. Those are the six-pack abs in the front, right? Those are the abs that everybody knows. So when you think abs, that's what you think of is those abs. Well, underneath that, you have your transverse abdominis, and it's like your whole stomach area, and then it wraps around you on your spine. It's literally your body's natural waist belt. We see people lift, wear base, wear um, these these belts when they lift weights. I do it too when I'm lifting on my heavier uh, sets. But your body naturally has that, and so when we're moms and we have a baby in our belly. All those ab muscles stretch out. You know, if you're familiar, and I'm, I always butcher the same diet. I'm gonna say it right. Diet, diet, diastasis, diastasis recti, diastasis recti. If you're familiar with that, that's just a fancy term for like ab separation from when you have when you have a child. And I had that with, and that's normal. It's normal to have that. It's just you know how big is the gap? Is like what's normal, what's not. And when I had Millie. And you can Google this or YouTube it or whatever, you know, how to test for diastasis recti or ab separation after baby. And you can test it by how big your gap is with your finger width. And with Millie, I think I was afterwards like a three and then it went to a two and a half. And like I was like at a two for a long time. So probably close to a year it, it closed up and I thought, you know, it was finished. I thought I was completely done with that. So I went ahead and retest myself and I still got like 
almost a finger width a little bit in there. So I still got a little bit of that ab separation. So what I feel like is my abs, my core is just weak, which is funny because right now I'm, remember I told you guys I'm have I'm trying to get more ab definition. Like um, I can flex, like yesterday I was like, ooh, like I feel good. I just, I just got off my period. Like, you know how when you get off your period and you're like, ooh, I feel like 10 pounds lighter, right? Because all that bloating, that water weight. And I was like flexing in the morning and I was like, oh, yeah, I can see my my abs, my six-pack abs. And it's funny, like, you know, you wouldn't think that I would have weaker core, but I really think my transverse abdominus needs to get stronger. I think that is the cause of my lower back pain and why my hip flexors are tight because they're overcompensating, you know, to hold my spine in place because my transverse abdominus is not that strong. So I'm working on that at home. And it's funny because you Google on YouTube or whatever, like exercises to help close that for diastasis recti and transverse abdominis. And they're very gentle ab exercises. Like you're not going to ever break a sweat. Like they're just really more functional exercise. So you won't like, I feel when I do, I'm going to feel like, man, like, you know, I'm used to going to the gym and like doing cable crunches with like 60 pounds and like, you know, these really intense ab workouts, like hanging ab crunches and with bright, with like, um, with pull-ups and all this stuff. And I, here I am, like, this is what I need to do, right? And sometimes it's, it's being humble to know, like, okay, I got to take the step back to move forward. And that is what I'm doing right now. So I'm trying to work on that to see if it'll help my lower back pain because this is, it's, it gets miserable. Like, when it gets bad and it flares up, it's like an all-day thing. And I've also noticed that doing hip thrusters is hip thrusters and kickbacks also, they it really agitates it. So I haven't been doing heavy hip thrusters. I did a little bit of light ones at the end of today's leg workout just to kind of get like a burn at the end. Um, and then I've kind of been limiting the the cable kick cable kickbacks too because it irritates it. Um, so just trying to focus on on that and and really figuring that out for myself. But if you have lower back pain, that might be something to look into, especially if you're a mom. You know, see if you have a weak. Um, if you have that app separation for yourself and then kind of go from there. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is my course that I'm working on. I'm so excited about it because this is like the missing gap. This is what like I've been thinking about this for a long time because I really care about women that I work with getting results. And what I have noticed is when I work with women and I do nutrition consults with them, I sit down, everything is custom. They walk away with a custom meal plan with recipes. They know what their macros are. We even talk about, you know, habits and what those habit steps look like. Like what are those little things that you need to work on that are unique to you that you're struggling with when it comes around food? Like they are set and ready to go. But I feel like they don't implement it. And I think the reason is because they already they don't have a foundation of healthy eating already place. It's really hard to go from not eating healthy really at all to doing macro counting, to reading food levels, to making sure your your food that's it's healthy for one and then it fits into those macro ratios and it can be overwhelming and hard. So where I feel like the disconnect is is these women need a foundation. Like they need a simple repeatable system that they can do every week that they consistently eat healthy and with their family because that's realistic and that's something that's going to be a lifelong thing they can you know they can implement and keep up with so that's what this course is going to be and I want to read to you what the course promises like the what this course is going to give moms and it's in the and it says in this course 
you will go from feeling overwhelmed and intimidated by meal planning to feeling like an organized fit mom as you create your own simplistic, fully customized meal planning routine that you can effortlessly repeat every week that fuels a toned body you are proud of while transitioning your picky eaters into eating healthy with you. Bam, doesn't that sound awesome? I'm like, yes, like all of that, right? Like it's like have your cake and eat it too and literally. (laughs) So I am super excited about that. It's right now. I'm just in the phase. I have I have had it outlined. I need. I'm now. I'm gonna start really getting down to the nitty gritty and putting this thing together in an actual course. Um, and so, like I said, it's probably like a few months out. I'm like the probably 90 days out from having this released. So I'll keep you guys updated. But right now, what I would love if if you listen to what I just said in this course sounds like this would be something for you that could change your life. I want to hear from you. Like I would love to have some of your time. Let's get on the phone and just I can pick your brain a little bit. Make sure that this is going to be something that is going to be just right for you and for other moms that are going through the same struggles as you. And as a thank you for doing that. We, I will give you a free 30-minute consultation, and we can talk about whatever you want. You want to talk fitness? You want me to go over your food, you, your nutrition, whatever? You want to pick my brain? Like, And you know, let's talk for 30 minutes, and then all I ask is at the end, I can ask you some questions and pick your brain too um, just to kind of get an idea. Run, run the course past you like the outline and be like, does this sound like something? Do you think I'm missing something? Like just any kind of feedback that you would give me would be freaking amazing. So if that sounds like a good opportunity for you as well is just message me on social media, mama's new strong, or email me at uh, it's jess at mama's and we will set something up. All right. So that is, takes oh yeah the last thing I wanted to talk about when it came to health and fitness so I just recently signed up for a course to get certified in what is called correctional exercise and what this is is basically learning the kind of the proper ways to help people through injuries and muscle imbalances and sorry you probably hear my daughter screaming in the background at Google (laughs) Hey Google, well, I want to watch my little ponies on YouTube. It's like in the Um, anyways, the reason why I decided to do this is as a personal trainer, and I've been, you know, I've been at Fitness Eight Two Eight now for two years. Wow, two years, maybe a little bit more now. It's awesome. I love it there. Anyways, um, I just noticed how many people have come to me that have prior injuries, that have muscle imbalances. It's every person. And even me, right? Obviously, I'm having lower back pain for a reason. I'm having a muscle imbalance, and that's and I'm fit. So it's everybody. All of us deal with this because we're just we don't function in the ways that our muscles are supposed to function. We sit a lot. We've gone through prior injuries, and you know, even bad exercise form it can form bad muscle imbalances with bad form. So I, this is something I know is going to be so helpful for me as a personal training, uh, as a personal trainer. And honestly, it's a little, kind of a little selfish too, because I'm doing it for myself as well to learn more about, you know, how to train and and do things in a way that is going to keep me where I can keep exercising until I'm freaking 80 years old. 
Um, and this is also just a big part of health, you know, being able to be mobile in the way that you should be mobile and not having knee pain and back pain and shoulder pain and ankle pain, like problems. These are all common things that happen when we have muscle imbalances and are, we're just not functioning in the way that we should. So I'm really excited to get that done, you know, as a personal trainer through um, NASM, which is the National Academy of Sports Medicine, which is a very highly accredited uh, personal training certification. I have to get um, basically, it's like I'm getting recertified every two years. I have to do continuing education every two years. I got to keep up with my AD, AED, my CPR every two years. Um, so every year I got certified in something. Last time I had to get, or every two years. So last time I was um, certified in behavioral specialist. Um, so I have that under my belt. Basically, it's like learning how to change people's habits, which is very interesting to me. So I have that as my other certification on top of my personal training. Now I'm going to have a correctional um, a correctional exercise specialist certification. So really excited about that, you guys. And then also sharing with you what I'm learning through that journey as well. I'm going to I'll share. I'll, I promise. I'll share with takeaways from you guys when I, through my course that I feel like would help you as well. So that takes care of all my takeaways that are health and fitness related. Now let's talk about some other things. So, Enneagram. I am obsessed, like, like obsessed with the Enneagram right now, and I've been sharing it with people, and it's mind blowing other people's minds. <laughs> and in the last. September takeaways. I recommended a couple of books. Um, one is like Six Term Personalities. The other one is Wisdom of the Enneagram. Wisdom of the Enneagram is probably my favorite one. And the uh, person that wrote it is Russ. Russ? What's his last name? He's like the go-to person for um, Enneagram. Like he's very highly involved in that. And, oh gosh, Russo, I think is his name, like Russ Russo. I could totally be messing that up. But anyways, just Google Wisdom of the Enneagram and his stuff will come up. It's awesome. If you want to take the test to learn what your personality is, it's it's a number. Um, I'm, a, I'm a number four with a three wing. Is Just go to the Institute, Enneagram Institute and you'd pay. It's like 12 bucks to take the test, but I promise you it's worth it because there's a lot of free ones out there and you'll get a lot of mixed reviews. So might as well just pay the 12 bucks and do the, the test that's going to give you the most accurate. You know, when I took that test, I found that one to be the most accurate as I started doing more research and reading about my Enneagram type. But the base, the big reason why I, I love it so much is that it has actually helped me to understand why I am the way I am and that I'm not crazy because most of my life I have felt that there's something wrong with me. I'm like fundamentally flawed, like mentally there's something like my mind is messed up. I know that sounds really bad. Um, it, it's just I have a lot of inner darkness in me and the way that I think about things and, you know, I, it, I struggled with it for a long time. I was depressed for 10 years and... I've learned to control my mind and my emotions better. And a, a self, like learning about myself and personal development has been a cornerstone of that as well as fitness and health. That's why I feel so passionate about it because it helped me to overcome um, my depression. I mean, I was suicidal. So, I mean, in a way, I feel like it saved my life. Um, and it's been a long freaking journey and process. Like, this has been like nine years in the making of me figuring my shit out and I'm still figuring my shit out. You know, I said, I expressed that in that self love episode too, that like 
it's self love is like I, I just it's like an onion I keep pulling back these layers and I feel like I've learned a less like I feel like I'm about to arrive like full self love and then it's like oh no here's another lesson <laughs> you got to figure out and it just takes me deeper and deeper and it's just like I'm just keep pulling back these layers and the Enneagram has really helped me to to start accepting who I am personality wise I've accepted myself my body like that's something that I have accepted my, you know, there I have flaws still. I have like huge spider veins. I still have cellulite. Like even though I'm a small person and I have loose skins from my freaking pregnancies, I can't wear a belly butter ring because it looks just ridiculous and <laughs> droopy and sad. And, and you know those things about myself. And then of course, you know, not having like literally, guys, I don't have really much boobs at all. Um, you know those kinds of things. I have I've learned to accept. I'm totally you know self-love and passion to, my, to myself for those things but when it when it came to like how I think and my emotions um that's something I struggle with like I still put myself down because of it in which there was parts of me that I could change because I feel like it keeps me from being who I want to be sometimes and it, it's like a barrier and no and the interim has helped me to like recognize that and be like it's okay this is just the way you are. You are not, there's nothing wrong with you. This is just who you are. Because I was like, I must have met, like a chemical imbalance. I know that sounds bad. Um, that's what I felt like for a long time. I just like, I'm chemically imbalanced. There's something wrong. Uh, but now anyways, if you are somebody that like struggles, I don't mean to go on and on about it. But if you're somebody that struggles with that, like you, there's, you're like, man, why am I the way I am? Like, why can't I be like this? Or why can't I be like these other, like, you just feel like that, like really look into the Instagram, it will explain things so well. And it has helped me to know like what direction I need to go to be a healthy version of myself and to have that growth. And for me, it's like, I'm an emotional number, like there's emotional numbers, there's not, there's personality types that are in their head, and then there's ones that are in their body. And the way I work is I'm, I'm all heart centered, I am all in my feels and my emotions. And then I go to head center, and I'm overthinking overanalyzing, I'm just going back and forth between these two, when I need to get out and I need to take action, I need to do I just need to be like in my body and I need to do and I need to take action and not just sit there and overanalyze things like I do. And that's why fitness has been such and it makes sense now why fitness has been such a big part of pulling me out of my depression. It's because it physically take it's it's taking me out of my emotions and bringing me back into reality by physically doing something and that's what I love about fitness and I love it's almost it is meditative because you go in there and you focus I love lifting weights because you do reps and what do you do when you're doing reps you don't think about anything else but what you're doing in that moment in that present moment you working through that exercise and counting it like there's nothing more meditative than that and I know it sounds weird because you're like well I'm straining I'm pushing myself I'm sweating but it is it is meditative and I, I that's why I just have to exercise like it is my happy pill to the point where there's sometimes like my husband's like do you have to work out every day like not every day I wake up I work out five times a week and I'm like yes like I'm sorry this is for me this is like my medicine <laughs> like I need this it centers me and it balances me and I have to have it 
So for me, learning that I need to get out of that because I'm very good about going internally and doing like meditating and overanalyzing and journaling and all that stuff, thinking that that's going to help me work through my emotions. And I'm learning now that I just need to get my ass up and I need to start doing something physical and get out of that mindset, like not be so stuck in my head and in my emotions. So that's been very helpful for me. So I've been trying to take more action on things and, and, and not getting so stuck on all that. So the Enneagram, yeah, do it. And if you uh, happen to be an Enneagram 4 like me, like reach out and let me know if I'm what I'm sharing with you. And you're like, yes, that's me too. Uh, I would I would love to hear that or just to hear what you thought when you did the Enneagram and if you found that it was very helpful for you too. The next thing I wanted to share with you guys is um, this realization that I've always had. I know I'm a I procrastinate. <laughs> I know I'm a perfectionist. I call it the all or nothing mindset. And I had a, I did a podcast episode on this um, because a lot of women I work with have this. I mean, we're, we're go-getters. And what I mean by all or nothing, it's like, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be a damn 110%, like balls to the wall. I'm going to do it. I'm all in or I'm all out. And so it's really hard when you have that mentality. And that's a perfectionist mentality, by the way, is when you have that mentality, and you set these super high expectations of yourself, like when it comes to you're trying to lose weight um, and get fit, for example, um, and you get you fall off track, you have that one little setback, right? Because you're expecting yourself to do everything 110%. And when you have that little setback, it just derails you. It just ruins you. And it's you fall into this rut and then it's hard to get back on track and you beat yourself up. So that's part of being a perfectionist and... You know, I didn't realize that this is where my aha came from is I didn't realize that procrastination is a thing of, per, of being a perfectionist because it doesn't make any sense. Like if you want things to be perfect, why would you sit there and wait till the last minute to do something? And I had this aha moment about it and, and when I was listening to something I'll share with you where I got this information. But I'm going to share with you something that's kind of embarrassing because it, it, it's a really good example. Um, I am not the best at cleaning. All right. I'll put it out there. I, there are certain standards I have, like it, it, the kitchen has to be clean when I go to sleep. Like I don't like dirty dishes when I go to sleep and I like to keep up with the laundry to a point. Right. But when it comes to like other, just like just cleaning things, I just, Oh my gosh. My, my thing is I will just massive clean like a mad woman, like for four hours straight, like once a week. And that's what I do. And I don't even start something like I don't want to start something unless I'm going to be able to finish it. So if I start picking up in a like to me, I don't want to pick up a few things in a room unless I can pick up everything in a room. Does that make sense? And so what happens, though, is then it gets left where I try I have to clean everything massive clean all at once to feel like good about it. And that is called procrastination, right? I'm, I'm putting it off. I'm putting it off. And the perfectionist procrastinates because it's like, if I can't do this perfect and I can't do it hundred percent right, I'm just not going to do it at all. And then it looks like I'm just lazy. <laughs> and I had this aha moment and I told my husband, I was like, oh, I so get it now. I go, the reason why I don't clean all the time is because I'm a perfectionist. And he was like looking at me like I was batshit crazy. And he was like laughing at me. And I go, no, 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 hear me out, hear me out. And I was like trying to explain to me. He was like, okay, babe, whatever. <laughs> like if that's what you say. And it just, it makes sense. Like learning about that. And where I learned about this is it's a pod, I'm a podcast junkie, guys. I will totally admit this. 
And there's a podcast I started listening to. It's called Do It Scared, and there's actually a book, too. And so you can go on to her website and take this free test, and it will tell you what your main fear is. And I got procrastinator, and it turns out majority of people fall into the procrastination. So that's why I thought, okay, it would be cool to share this because more than likely, like, you're struggling with this too. And it said, I'm going to read you some of the, the report, but it says, um, here's how your fear might be holding you back. You might miss opportunities to grow through failure. You sometimes burden yourself with unreasonably high standards. Uh, yes, and you tend to value time for per, uh, lose valuable time for personal growth. Who is the procrastinator? You often classify mistakes as catastrophic and not opportunities. Um, yeah, typically you would rather do nothing and play it safe than attempt something valiant and fail. Yes, yes, and yes, and so. You know, also to share something personal, uh, you know, me having this online business and putting myself out there and being somebody that is a perfectionist, it's hard. Like, there's a lot of the times, like, to be honest, I haven't been doing that many Facebook lives because I've been getting in my head about it, you know, because I will analyze and pick myself apart. The same thing with this podcast when I first started doing it. Guys, like I would literally record the same episode three or four times because I would nitpick myself and not realizing like I get better with practice. I get better with time. I notice like everything that I'm talking today is just off the top of my head and I'm not going, um, um, like in some of my previous beginning episodes, I go back and I listen and I can hear myself doing that. And I'm like, Oh, it just drives me freaking insane. But you know what? I keep telling myself that it's not, What's important is getting the message out in whatever way the person that needs to hear it is going to receive the message. They're not going to sit there and hopefully not like point out every freaking time that I say, um, or I stumble across a word or it doesn't come out as elegant. And that's what, you know, I've trying to get over. That's, that's part of me that I'm learning how to deal with. And I know the reason why I'm bringing this to you is because I know that that you're struggling probably with that when it comes to your health and fitness. That's something that I've already kind of overcame in that sense is in, in my fitness journey. I've been doing this for so long and so much trial and error that I'm so comfortable in that and it's just becomes a lifestyle and it's just the way I live my life and these things that were once hard are not very hard to do anymore because I've put in the time and effort and have made it a habit. So, but I do remember when I first started how it would feel when I had these expectations like this week, I'm going to be all on track. I'm going to do like, I did not anticipate for setbacks. I didn't anticipate for failure because I'm a freaking perfectionist. I'm going to do this perfect. And so of course, nobody's freaking perfect. And you have to anticipate setbacks as part of the journey. It's natural. It's normal. But because I wouldn't do that, then I would fall off track. It would be one little thing like, oh, my gosh, I ate a couple of cookies. I'd fall off track. And then I'd be like, oh, that's it. I screwed up. And then the whole day would just be this continuing downfall spiral of me just eating whatever the hell I wanted and and just using it as an excuse. And then before I knew it, it was days before I was like, and now I'm beating myself up because it's been days that I've been off track. And it's just like this vicious cycle that would happen all the time. I get back on track and I fall track and beat myself up. And, you know, and now it's like, okay, I understand there's going to be setbacks. I anticipate setbacks. I know how to handle them. I give myself grace. I forgive myself. Guess what? I move the hell on and I get back on track a lot faster because I have this process and I shared that process in a podcast is like handle. I think it's called handling setbacks with grace. If you want to go back and look for it, 
I don't remember what number it is, but I kind of sh- I share that process on how I do that. But that's something if you are somebody that you know deals with this, you really really want to learn how to manage it. And I'm going over this. Um, so when you do that, do it. So you go to doitscare.com and you do that report or that assessment. You have the option to pay for a report, which is like fifteen bucks. And me, like guys, I think I shared this before. I spend most of my extra money on self improvement, self learning, health. Like that, I'm a I'm a geek when it comes. Like I geek out on this stuff, and like way more than like shopping. Like I hardly it's it's easy. For example. I have like a limit on things. Like I run, I only buy like workout calls like pretty much when they're on sale and like shoes. I have a, like, you know, those kinds of things. I feel bad when I spend things really expensively, but when it comes to like learning and educating myself and things like I have no problem dropping like a thousand bucks on something. Like if it's really that worth it to me and, and I know I'm going to really gain that knowledge. So anyways, just side note, but on here, so I, I went ahead of course and got the extended report and it says right here like in fact 75% of the people that or 74% of the participants that do it score as a perfectionist uh, or procrastinator I'm sorry so more than likely like I said you are too um and yeah so it says here the procrastinator procrastinator says I have to have everything organized before I get started I fear that I will fail because I'm not fully prepared I find myself often doing what's urgent instead of what's important I, oh my gosh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I find it's hard to start on a new project when I have unread emails and texts I need to respond to. So anyways, oh, oh, it actually, cool. It tells you like strategies on things. So it says set a hard deadline if this is you. I'm like, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, find accountability partner um, and watch behaviors to watch out for. Huh, pay attention to the time you spend checking Social, e- social, ah, social media, email, and text, you'd be surprised at how quickly those three minutes um, intervals add up. Switching gears also saps your brain power. It makes it hard to focus on a task. Corrective behavior. Overcoming this habit will, t- will take time. Start by putting your phone. Do not disturb setting to work for you. Consider deleting notifications, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. But anyways, that is what I've figured out that procrastination and being a perfectionist tie in together. So this leads me to my next thing I want to share with you is the one minute rule. I told you I was going to share with you what the one minute rule is. And I promise it's not, it's not, it's not like what you might think it is. It doesn't mean involves um, food falling on the floor and you get to eat it within one minute. (laughs) I think that's called three minute rule, right? But anyways, it is saying that if you can do something within a minute or less, do it right then and there and don't wait to do it later. So this is, perfect for a procrastinator like me. So I started applying this one minute rule to my housework. And so it was like, I kind of got off track, but I did it consistently for a week and I'm kind of getting back on track with it now. (laughs) Remember, it takes time to form a habit. It takes a lot of practice. But point being, when I did it, it like, well, mind blown, like changed my mind. I was like, there's no way that a minute here, a minute there, I could have my, keep my house clean. No guys, it works. And then I found myself like, sometimes maybe I might be using like two or three minutes, but if, if I had that extra time, but like in the morning, I'm like, you know, the kids dress, I'm doing everything. And normally like I'd be like getting my makeup and doing all that stuff. And I wouldn't put everything up you know, because I'm like, I don't have time to put everything up. I'm, you know, trying to get everybody ready. But now I'm like, okay, if I I can do that in a minute or less. So I put it all up, right? 
And it's just like little things like that. And it was just adding up. And I was like, huh, there's something to this madness. Like I can, I can really keep my house clean if I do this. Like, of course I'm going to have to like do, I have a cleaning schedule that I don't follow all the time, but it's like, okay, um, Monday I'm going to clean like the bathrooms on Tuesday, clean the living room on Wednesday, I clean the kitchen. And it's not like, it's like more like a deep cleaning thing. Like, of course I'm cleaning those areas throughout the week. Of course my kitchen gets clean all the time because I cook in it all the time. But like I said, the one minute rule, I can see how like it would, it's just, it made a big difference. So I want to challenge you if you're somebody that is just like, I can't keep my house clean because I'm a working mom because I know what that feels like. Girlfriend, like I used to work full time, have have a little part time job that I did. And at one point in time I was pregnant and I had Kaysen and then my husband broke his ankle, couldn't walk for six weeks and I thought I was going to go insane. But, um, Anyways, like, <laughs> you can do it. You can get through it. We can survive, right? Um, and this is just something that could be very helpful. And there's an episode where I did um, ways to save time or something like that. It was like how you can save time because I hear time is a big excuse of like, oh, I can't eat healthy. I can't work out. I don't have time, right? I understand. Like, it's a it's a reasonable excuse, but it's still a damn excuse. Um, and you know, one of the things I hear, like, I know, I know women struggle with laundry because we joke about it, right? Like we, there's these jokes, like it never freaking ends. It's like the twilight zone. It's like, it's always there. I don't know how, like, you know, it piles up so fast and we all have these jokes about it. But one thing that I have started doing, I forgot who I heard this from is some other podcast. (laughs) Go figure, right? Heard this from another podcast. And this mom, she was saying how she does one little laundry every morning. And I was like, oh, you mean like I can do that? I don't have to like spend my whole Sunday doing laundry. <laughs> so I started doing that. And then the, and then another thing is she's taught me is, you know, a lot of us, and this, this is me, maybe it's you too, is I'd be like, well, I can't do a little laundry because I don't have a full load to do. Like I don't have enough colors. I don't have enough whites, right? And that would keep me from like you know, and then it would all stockpile. Like, you know, I need to let it be a full load so I don't waste water and stuff like that. Even though I have a water efficient freaking washer. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so what she said is buy these, they're called Clorox, I think it's Clorox is the brand. They're called color catchers. It's this like little sheet that looks like a dryer sheet and you put it in the washer with your stuff and it catches all that fallout of like the dyes and I was just, and she like swore by, she's like, yeah, you could put like t- whites with brand new clothes that, you know, you haven't even washed yet that are bright colors. And I was like, nah, the for real, what? So I got the color captures and I use it and guys, it works. And it's so cool because you take out the color capture and it's like, it's the color or whatever dye, you know? And so that kind of takes away that. So when in the morning, what I do is part of my morning routine. So I always wash my dishes at night and while I'm getting my husband's breakfast and him packed, then I'm unloading the dishwasher. So that's like clean dishes. And then I also put one load of laundry in. And then of course I go to the gym and I personal train all morning and do my workout in the mornings. And I'm usually back sometime after lunch. 
And then, um, and, but if you work, right, like you could do this in the morning, put a little laundry before you go to work. And then in the evening, when you get home, put it in the dryer and then take it out and fold it right before you go to bed. So that's what I'll do is like about in the evening, I'll take it out of the dryer and I'll put it on my bed. And I, that is to me like, cause I don't want that on my bed when I go to sleep and I, I, I'm a woman, I'm <laughs> sometimes that does happen. And then there's clothes on my bed, but then in the morning I'll, I'll fold it for sure. Um, but anyways, it's just sort of like a reminder, like right before you go, oh yeah, I got to put this laundry up and then you put it up. And so then you don't have to do laundry off freaking day on your day off, right? Isn't that like brilliant? And it's like, it's like no duh, right? It's like a really easy thing. And that's what we need to remember as moms is we need to keep it simple. Like, especially as moms, we don't need any of this fancy stuff. Like it really, the things that work are simple. It really is. And, and the bottom line it is, and we're always looking like the next fancy, like, mind-blowing thing and it's like I just shared with you one thing that is really simple but can make a huge difference like think about how you do your laundry and if you are somebody that spends all Sunday that would freaking suck like I remember when I would do that and it was just a pain in the freaking ass you know um and also I have I have my hits kids help too like I'll fold the laundry and then I'm like kids you know come get your laundry and I mean they don't have the best like putting up skills of laundry, but it's still forming like habits and they're still helping me out, even though it's not perfectly done when they go and put it up, it's fine. But it's just, you know, ask your kids to help you with things too, you know, especially even with dinner. They'll help me cut stuff and everything. So that, oh yeah, the last thing I was going to talk about, and I know these episodes go longer than like the 30 minutes I usually do. So that's why I do like the fitness and health stuff in the beginning. And then if you want to hear the rest of what I got to say, you can stick around. Um, is mom guilt. I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. I don't have mom guilt like a lot of moms have um, when it comes to like fitness and health because I know that I have to take time for myself and fill up my own cup if I want to be a good mom and I want to have patience because uh, my family knows if I what happens when I don't work out and eat like crap as I – I, I react like crap, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have good patience, I'm moody, um, and so I do that for them, ultimately, so I don't have any problem taking time away to go work out, or whatever, but where I have mom guilt, and I know probably other moms have this too, I don't think I'm alone on this, is just showing up for my kids in the way that they need to be shown up, and also going back to like the moodiness, like snapping, like you know, Millie, for example, this past month, is she's starting to get in, kind of getting out of it. I think what it is is she's having a hard transition from her brother going to school full time, and she's here with me. Like today, she's here with me by herself, and she's used to having him everywhere. Like that's that's he. She is his little sidekick. Like she literally, like she doesn't do it as bad anymore. But she, for years, like the past couple of years, does everything he does and repeats it. That's how she learned how to talk. She would repeat him like a little parrot. It's so cute. Um, so it's been a hard transition for her. So she's been very like clingy. She was very clingy. I take her to the gym. She'd be crying when I leave and everybody's looking at me like, whoa, like, cause she's been going to the gym for like, since we moved here, you know, it's been over two years. She loves going. They asked to go. So why is she acting like that? You know, and everybody's like, what's wrong with Millie kind of? And I'm like, I don't know what's going on with her right now. And she would just cry over crazy like random stuff like last oh this is like two weeks ago she wanted cereal right before we went we were gonna go pick up her brother and I was like okay well I don't we don't have time to eat cereal now babe like we gotta go pick up Kaysen and then you can have cereal when you get back and it was like oh my gosh a 
a thrown out fit. And then I had to put her in the car to go get case in. And I'm like, like wrestling with her to put her in her car seat. And guys for like the 30 minutes, I'm sitting in line to get case in. She's crying and whining. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like really over a bowl of cereal. Come on, girlfriend. Um, so just things like that. And I'll be completely honest. It's like, I wake up, I'm a morning person now. wasn't before I trained myself to be a morning person, but I'm a morning person now. And I'm in a good mood when I wake up. And I'm, like, singing to the kids and, like, giving them a hard time in the morning, trying to get them up. And I'm in a good mood. But our willpower is, like, a battery. (laughs) You know, every day all these things are pushing and using that energy. And so by the end of the day, your willpower is shot, right? And when your willpower is shot, you don't make the best choices. So by the end of the day, I'm just like, ah, like I turn into this crazy mad woman sometimes, I feel like, and I snap at my kids, and then I'm apologizing later. Um, and so that's my mom guilt, and that's what I work through. And then also, to be honest, like trying to um, trying to do all the like online business stuff, like doing this podcast right now. I My daughter's in the other room listening, watching videos on Google, and it's like, Sometimes I feel I feel bad about that, like I for a long time, and and I'm like, but now what I have found that helps me with that mom guilt is having designated times where I spend time just with them and I'm present just with them and trying to have that time where like, okay, mommy has to do some work now, and then um, and then doing like, okay, but then we're gonna do this later. So like every evening. I cook dinner. The kids sometimes help me if they feel like if they want to help me. I always leave that option there. There's always something for me to find for them to do during dinner. Um, and then we go and we jump on the trampoline for like 15 or 20 minutes every night. And I read to them every night, every night. So those are things that I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of helping with my mom guilt when I do try to do things for myself is, okay, being intentional when I am with my kids and how I'm being intentional with them. And I think if you are a mom that works, what I, I can see that this can, the mom guilt can be really real. So it's really real for you moms that are working because you're away from your babies all day. And then you come in the evening and it's like, oh, well, mommy's going to go work out. And I know that can be very, you can feel really guilty around there. It's like, well, I just got home and I'm going to leave my kids again, right? To do something for me. So there's the mom guilt right there. But what, what, you have to do is think about when you are with your kids being fully present with your kids. So there, and I'm not, Oh gosh, I'm like, how do I word this? Uh, Or it's not offensive. I don't want to offend anybody because I'm not saying this is you, but think, just think about this. Like if you were a mom, a stay at home mom and you didn't work and you are with your kids in the same room, like right now, I'm with my my daughter, I'm home, but I'm in here in my room and I'm recording this podcast with you. But I'm here with her, right? And she's in another room. That's not really spending time with her. So think about if you were a stay-at-home mom and you were always on your phone, you're always on social media, um, you're watching TV, you're not really paying attention to your kids, um, but you're around them all day. But that's not really spending time with your kids versus you could be a working mom and then when you come home like you can even go to the gym and come home and you're really intentional about spending time with your kids right like you're like okay we cook dinner together we have a bedtime routine i read to them we do some quality time that doing once again quality over quantity right so you know i hope that can maybe help you if you're a mom that's struggling with that mom guilt of like i don't spend enough time with my kids because i have that sometimes and I'm you know it's like I work part-time in the mornings 
And then I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing the online business thing. And so in a way, like I got a lot going on and then I'm trying to hold down a household and keep it clean and things like that. Because we know when you're cleaning and you're doing stuff like that, you're not spending time with your kids. Like you're like, once again, you're in the same house as your kids, but you're not spending quality time. There's a difference. So just being more intentional. And that's what I have found that has helped me with that guilt is like, planning things, fun things to do with the kids, knowing, okay, this weekend, I'm going to take them to go do this. Or, you know, every night I am going to spend this quality time and make these memories with them. And that means so much to them, you know, versus if you were to be at home with them all day, um, watching TV, you know, like, even though they're you're in the same room, like, you know, actually doing stuff with your kids and playing with your kids. And that's something I had to work with because I'll be completely honest. And I know this might make me sound like not the greatest of mom, but I struggle with playing with my kids. Um, I think it's been easier now that they've gotten older, but I am, I struggle with like sitting there and doing mindless activities. And that's something that I have to work through and for myself because I'm all about like, I want to spend my time in the best way as far as being productive. Like that's just my personality. Like I want to be productive. I always want to be doing something productive, productive. And it's like having that mind shift that like just being here and sitting and playing with your kids is productive. It's like you're bonding and you're making those memories with your kids, even though it's like they think it's the coolest thing ever and it's freaking boring to death, you know? And so that's something I have to work through. And I still, I have mom guilt about it still. Like there's, I, I, a lot of times I'm like, man, I need to be, I need to be spending more time with my kids. Like that's my mom guilt. That is, and I think that's the number one mom guilt for all of us is we're not spending enough time with them. And I think the other one is like the whole moodiness or snapping at them. And I'll be completely honest. Um, like I still do that, right? Like, especially when it's my daughter is like throwing fits all the time. You know, she's going through, she's going through that phase. It's, it's getting better. You know, um, it's tiring. It's taxing, you know, um, but one thing that helps a lot is exercise. Exercise and eating healthy. It just sets you up to be in a better frame of mind where you can handle those situations better without losing your shit. Because we all know how hangry feels, right? And that's a legit thing. Your blood sugar is dropping because you haven't ate anything in a while. And most of us that, and if you don't macro count or you don't know about eating healthy in a balanced meal, and balanced meals, like your blood sugars are up and down, up and down. And that is just setting you up to be like moody. And so what you eat matters and how you move your body and even how you feel about yourself because how you treat other people is a reflection of how you're feeling and in, in, in who you, how you feel about yourself and how you're feeling in that moment. And so I have to like remind myself if somebody's being moody towards me it's just like oh well it has nothing to do with me it's just a reflection of how they're feeling right now when they're reflecting that onto me and so we do that with our kids it's like we're reflecting how we're feeling in that moment so if we're feeling frustrated how do you think we're going to react when they're like they're frustrated and they're having a fit and it's like we have to realize we, we have to set an example for them we have to be that adult but at the same time you know I feel like we need it's okay to show that nobody's perfect and that you have flaws too and that you have emotions. So, you know, I will show my kids when I'm angry um, and sometimes not in the best ways, but then later I apologize and I explain to them and, 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 you know, kids, they get over it. I, I hope so. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like they do. Um, I think they, I think I take it harder than they do, 
Um, and I mean, I'm not like calling them names and being ugly to them. I just sometimes I'm snappy with them, you know, because I'm frustrated or whatever. And I raised my voice more than I wanted to. And I'm like, come on, guys, like, why can't we get it together this morning? You know, almost like freaking out. We're going to be late. You know? um, which I think all of us do that kind of stuff. Um, but anyways, that's, I just thought I'd share that. Maybe we can relate a little bit. Let me know. You know, when I share these takeaways, like I said, it's, I'm also sharing it because I want to relate to you more and I want to connect with you more. So if you are not already in my podcast Facebook group, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes, please. You know, if you want to have an extended conversation, that's where we're going to have it. I call it like the little after party for the, the podcast, like join in there. I'm trying to get that group like really um more interactive because for a while like i'll be honest i it was called something else it was called mom's strong nutrition club for a long time i've had this space here for a couple of years and it got dead <laughs> it died for a little bit but i'm trying to revive it now with the podcast there's so the podcast is where i share my best information and i really put in a lot of time and effort and it really means a lot it is my baby right now um besides my other babies at home and you know, if, uh, y- there's a lot, basically what I'm saying, there's a lot more we can talk about and I would love to hear from you as well. So, you know, jump in there, let me know what you thought about the show and let's talk about it. So I will leave you with that. But for now, um, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And if you are enjoying this podcast, share it with a friend or leave me a nice five-star review with a a note of what you like about the podcast so I can keep doing that and we can get the podcast out to help more moms like you. So I'm going to leave with that and I will see you in next week's episode. Bye for now. Hey mom, are you struggling to consistently eat healthy? Are you doing good like the beginning of the week until about Wednesday, Thursday hits and then you just completely fall off track and you're just really struggling on how to make healthy living a part of your busy mom life? Well, I got something really amazing and it's free to share with you and I put together a three-part video series where I share three secrets on how I consistently eat healthy year-round and not only that, but these things are tried and true. I've shared them with my clients and it's worked for them, so that means more than likely it's going to work for you. So if you're interested in grabbing that three-part video series, like I said, absolutely free. Just go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets.